Section 20 of Mary Schweidler, the Amber Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sissy Neck. Mary Schweidler, the Amber Witch, by Wilhelm Meinhold. Translated by Lucy Duff Gordon. The Twenty-Fifth Chapter. The Twenty-Fifth Chapter. How Satan sifted me like wheat, whereas my daughter withstood him right bravely. On Monday I left my bed betimes, and as I felt in passable good case, I went up to the castle to see whether I might peradventure get to my daughter, but I could not find either constable, albeit I had brought a few groats with me to give them as beer money. Neither would the folks that I met tell me where they were. Item, the impudent constable, his wife, who was in the kitchen, making brimstone matches. And when I asked her when her husband would come back, she said not before tomorrow morning early. Item, that the other constable would not be here any sooner. Hereupon I begged her to lead me to my daughter herself, at the same time showing her the two groats. But she answered that she had not the keys, and knew not how to get at them. Moreover, she said she did not know where my child was now shut up, seeing that I would have spoken to her through the door. Item, the cook, the huntsman, and whomsoever else I met in my sorrow, said that they knew not in what hole the witch might lie. Hereupon I went all round about the castle, and laid my ear against every little window that looked as though it might be her window, and cried, Mary, my child, where art thou? Item, at every grating I found, I kneeled down, bowed my head, and called in like manner into the vault below. But all in vain. I got no answer anywhere. The sheriff at length saw what I was about, and came down out of the castle to me with a very gracious air, and taking me by the hand, he asked me what I sought. But when I answered him that I had not seen my only child since last Thursday, and prayed him to show pity upon me, and let me be led to her. He said that could not be, but that I was to come up into his chamber and talk further of the matter. By the way, he said, well, so the old witch told you fine things about me, but you see how Almighty God has sent his righteous judgment upon her. She has long been ripe for the fire, but my great long suffering, wherein a good magistrate should ever strive to be like unto the Lord, has made me overlook it till datum and in return for my goodness she raises this outcry against me. And when I replied, How does your lordship know that the witch raised such an outcry against you? He first began to stammer, and then said, Why, you yourself charge me thereon before the judge. But I bear you no anger, therefore, and God knows that I pity you, who are a poor, weak old man, and would gladly help you if I were able. Meanwhile he led me up four or five flights of stairs so that I, old man that I am, could follow him no further, and stood still gasping for breath. But he took me by the hand and said, Come, I must first show you how matters really stand, or I fear you will not accept my help, but will plunge yourself into destruction. Hereupon we stepped out upon a terrace at the top of the castle, which looked toward the water, and the villain went on to say, Reverend Abraham, can you see well afar off? And when I answered that I once could see very well, but that the many tears I had shed had now peradventure dimmed my eyes, he pointed to the Streckelberg, and said, Do you then see nothing there? Ego, 
Not save a black speck, which I cannot make out. Ill. Know then that this is the pile whereon your daughter is to burn at ten o'clock tomorrow morning, and which the constables are now raising. When this hellhound had thus spoken, I gave a loud cry and swounded. O oh, blessed Lord, I know not how I lived through such distress. Thou alone didst strengthen me beyond nature and order, after so much weeping and wailing to heap joys and blessings upon me. Without thee I never could have lived through such misery, therefore to thy name ever be all honor and glory, O thou God of Israel. When I came again to myself I lay on a bed in a fine room and perceived a taste in my mouth like wine. But as I saw none near me save the sheriff who held a pitcher in his hand, I shuddered and closed mine eyes, considering what I should say or do. This he presently observed and said, Do not shudder thus. I mean well by you and only wish to put a question to you, which you must answer me on your conscience as a priest. Say, Reverend Abraham, which is the greater sin, to commit whoredom or to take the lives of two persons? And when I answered him to take the lives of two persons, he went on, Well then, is not that what your stubborn child is about to do? Rather than give herself up to me, who have ever desired to save her, and who can even yet save her, albeit her pile is now being raised. She will take away her own life, and that of her wretched father, for I scarcely think that you, poor man, will outlive this sorrow. Wherefore do you, for God his sake, persuade her to think better of it, while I am yet able to save her? For know that about ten miles from hence I have a small house in the midst of the forest, where no human being ever goes. Thither will I send her this very night, and you may dwell there with her all the days of your life, if it please you. You shall live as well as you can possibly desire, and tomorrow morning I will spread a report betimes that the witch and her father have run away together during the night, and that nobody knows whither they are gone. Thus spake the serpent to me, as Willem to our mother Eve, and wretched sinner that I am, the tree of death which he showed me, seemed to me also to be a tree of life, so pleasant was it to the eye. Nevertheless, I answered, my child will never save her miserable life by doing aught to peril the salvation of her soul. But now, too, the serpent was more cunning than all the beasts of the field, especially such an old fool as I, and spake thus, Why, who would have her peril the salvation of her soul? Reverend Abraham, must I teach you scripture? Did not our Lord Christ pardon Mary Magdalene, who lived in open whoredom, and did he not speak forgiveness to the poor adulteress who had committed a still greater crime? Nay, more, doth not St. Paul expressly say that the harlot Rahab was saved? Hebrews 11. Item, St. James, too, says the same. But where have you read that any one was saved who had wantonly taken her own life and that of her father? Wherefore, for the love of God, persuade your child not to give herself up, body and soul, to the devil by her stubbornness, but to suffer herself to be saved while it is yet time. You can abide with her, and pray away all the sins she may commit, and likewise aid me with your prayers, who freely own that I am a miserable sinner, and have done you much evil, though not so much evil by far, Reverend Abraham, as David did to Uriah. And he was saved, notwithstanding he put the man to a shameful death, and afterwards lay with his wife. Wherefore I, poor man, likewise hope to be saved, seeing that my desire for your daughter is still greater than that which this David felt for Bathsheba. 
and I will gladly make it all up to you twofold as soon as we are in my cottage. When the tempter had thus spoken, methought his words were sweeter than honey, and I answered, Alas, my lord, I am ashamed to appear before her face with such a proposal. Whereupon he straightway said, Then do you write it to her? Come, here is pen, ink, and paper. And now, like Eve, I took the fruit and ate, and gave it to my child that she might eat also. That is to say that I recapitulated on paper all that Satan had prompted but in the Latin tongue, for I was ashamed to write it in mine own. And lastly I conjured her not to take away her own life and mine, but to submit to the wondrous will of God. Neither were mine eyes opened when I had eaten, that is written, nor did I perceive that the ink was gall instead of honey, and I translated my letter to the sheriff, seeing that he understood no Latin, smiling like a drunken man the while. Whereupon he clapped me on the shoulder, and after I had made fast the letter with his signet, he called his huntsman and gave it to him to carry to my daughter. Item he sent her pen, ink, and paper, together with his signet, in order that she might answer it forthwith. Meanwhile he talked with me right graciously, praising my child and me, and made me drink to him many times from his great pitcher, wherein was most goodly wine. Moreover he went to a cupboard and brought out cakes for me to eat, saying that I should now have such every day. But when the huntsman came back in about a half an hour with her answer and I had read the same, then first were mine eyes opened and I knew good and evil. Had I had a fig leaf I should have covered them therewith for shame. But as it was, I held my hand over them and wept so bitterly that the sheriff waxed very wroth, and cursing bade me tell him what she had written. Thereupon I interpreted the letter to him, the which I likewise place here, in order all may see my folly and the wisdom of my child. It was as follows. Jesus, Pater and Felix, Ego cras non magis palibo rogum aspectura, et rogus non magis erebesit, me suspiens, quam palui et iterum erobesqui, literus tuas legends, quid et te piem patrum, piem servum domini, ita satanas solicitivat, ut communium facius cum inimicis meis, et non intelligis, entali vita esse mortem, et entali morte vitam, silicit si, clementissimus, Deus Maria Magdalena, alisque ignobit, ignobit, quia recipiserent ob carnis debilitatum, et non iterum pecarent, et ego pecarum cum quabis destitatione carnis, et non semil, sed iterum atque iterum, Sine reversion, usque ad mortem. Quomodo clentissimus Deus, hac sclerestitisma, ignosere posset, infelix pater. Recordere quid mi dixisti de sanctis martyribus, et virginibus domine. Qua omnis malent vitam quam pudicitiam perdere. Is et ego sequar, et sponsus meus, Jesus Christus, et mihi misere, Ut spero coronam, aeternum David, quam eum non minus offendi ob debilitatum carnis ut Maria, et me sontum declaravi, cum inson sum, 
facigitur, ut balaeus et ora promeapud deum et non apud satanam, ut et ego mox coram deo pro te ora re possim. Maria S. Captiva. When the sheriff heard this, he flung the pitcher which he held in his hand to the ground, so that it flew in pieces, and cried, The cursed devil's whore, the constable shall make her squeak for this a good hour longer, with many more such things beside, which he said in his malice, and which I have now forgotten. But he soon became quite gracious again, and said, She is foolish. Do you go to her, and see whether you cannot persuade her to her own good as well as yours? The huntsman shall let you in. And should the fellow listen, give him a good box on the ears in my name, do you hear, Reverend Abraham? Go now forthwith, and bring me back an answer as quickly as possible. I therefore followed the huntsman, who led me into a vault, where there was no light save what fell through a hole no bigger than a crown piece. And here my daughter sat upon her bed and wept. Any one may guess that I straightway began to weep too, and was no better able to speak than she. We thus lay mute in each other's arms for a long time, until at last I begged her to forgive me for my letter. But of the sheriff his message I said not, although I had purpose to do so. But before long we heard the sheriff himself call down into the vault from above. What? And here he gave me a heavy curse. Are you doing there so long? Come up this moment, Reverend Johannes. Thus I had scarce time to give her one kiss, before the huntsman came back with the keys and forced us to part, albeit we had as yet scarcely spoken, save that I had told her in a few words what had happened with old Lizzie. It would be hard to believe into what grievous anger the sheriff fell when I told him that my daughter remained firm and would not hearken unto him. He struck me on the breast and said, Go to the devil then, thou infamous parson. And when I turned myself away and would have gone, he pulled me back and said, If thou breathest but one word of all that is past, I will have thee burnt too thou grey-headed old father of a witch, so look to it. Hereupon I plucked up a heart and answered that that would be the greatest joy to me, especially if I could be burnt tomorrow with my child. Hereunto he made no answer, but clapped to the door behind me. Well, clap the door as thou wilt. I greatly fear that the just God will one day clap the doors of heaven in thy face. End of section 20 Recording by Sissy Neck.